the thing I would say that I mentioned before is just as much preparation as you can going into it well knowing you're never going to know anything until you get into the weeds and making sure you have the right team around you to help you is really to make something like this go as smooth as possible. Welcome to episode 22 of the Nashville Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Swanson, and today we're talking with Jeff Smith, aka Nash Realtor.dad on Instagram, who's with Zeitlin Sotheby's International Realty. In this episode, Jeff and I discuss how he and his family bought and renovated their Woodbine home while living out of state. Jeff shares everything he's learned about the process, including how he added a short-term rental to their home. It was definitely quite the process, but they overcame, and now we can help others do this same exact thing. If you're thinking about moving or investing in a Nashville home that needs some work, then this episode is for you, and Jeff is a realtor you need to connect with. And with that, here's the show. Well, today we have Jeff Smith, who's a real estate agent with Zeitlin Sotheby's International Realty. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm great, Jared. Thanks, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on and recording an episode. And um, I'm excited to uh, kind of unpack your story and, uh, and your journey to Nashville. What was it, a year and a half, two years ago? Yeah, about a year and a half. Uh, actually, two years September will be when we closed on our house and then started our transition down here from Chicago. Okay. Cool. Now, I'm excited to talk about that. But why don't you just give uh, the listeners a quick background about yourself and uh, your career in real estate? Sure, sure. So I've been a real estate agent for two years now. Actually, when we moved to Nashville is when started that process to become an agent. Real estate's always been something that I've been interested in, have invested in, have, you know, listened to all the podcasts like this and, and books. And with the pandemic, it opened up an opportunity to really invest in that education. So I think that's really where that practicality started and put it to practice moving down here. Prior to that, I've been in sales career for over 10 years. So a lot of those tools transitioned pretty smoothly um, overall. And then, you know, my wife is a photographer. She owns her own little uh, creative boutique as well. So I get to steal all of her skills whenever I can too. So that transition with moving and the pandemic and um, just kind of wanted to start a new career is really what transitioned into real estate a couple of years ago. That's awesome. Does your wife do listing photos or is she more on the, you know, the people side of things? She's more on the people side of things. She okay. does uh, more lifestyle. She, she will help me with any listing photos and anything like that. But I would say that what I ask her to do is probably a little bit more simple than um, yeah. what she does for her normal job, but everything seems complicated to me behind the camera. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks for uh, giving a little background about yourself. And um, we're going to discuss your move to Nashville. Um, and yeah, why don't you unpack that a little bit? Um, give us a, you know, a, a download of kind of the house itself, what you are undertaking, um, and, and how it all, uh, all came to be. Sure, sure. So we, we went into the process of looking for a home very optimistic and a little bit green. We, we thought we just wanted to move to Nashville and purchase um, a new build, something without a lot of work. And as you know, our ambitions started flying, we realized we thought we wanted to 
maybe find something of a fixer upper. Everyone's seen all the shows. We've talked to friends who have done it before, and it seemed like something that was in our wheelhouse. So we started to look for more properties that could be recycled and, and need a little bit more love. And that's where we focused looking about two and a half years ago. And ultimately we ended up purchasing a home in the Woodbine area and through a long process with a lot of ups and downs that um, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. We, we've been able to renovate our home, been able to add on to it. We've got a, an Airbnb guest house out back, but the process of, you know, really doing that and doing the entire renovation remotely, um, we learned a ton, a lot of things that you shouldn't do, a lot of things that we'll do better next time, but we loved being able to take a home and make it our own and, and really have that kind of organic process as well. So yeah, that the, it was not nearly as competitive for homes like that when we purchased, still obviously extremely hot market, but that's where we focused pretty much all of our attention and passed on any new builds at, at that time a couple of years ago. Cool. And yeah, let, let's talk about the house a little bit. So what, um, what were the, the major kind of renovations? Did it need a full gut or, or kind of let, what was the scope of the, uh, the remodel? Yeah, the, the scope started a little bit less ambitious. The, the home had a little bit of updates, probably did not need a full gut. Um, but as we got into it and my wife's creativity started taking off, then more and more projects were added on. But really what caught our eye was there is a large two-car garage that doesn't have any, you know, plumbing, electricity, anything out back. And we saw that as an opportunity to have a cash flowing property in Airbnb that. And so that's really what caught our attention was a big part of the project. But like a lot of houses in Nashville, the the layout was really compartmentalized where there wasn't really an open floor concept. So much of it was, you know, we redid the kitchen entirely. We redid the living room. We turned a, a bedroom into a master bathroom and we turned a den into kind of an entertainment space. But a lot of it was taking down walls, um, just brightening things up, doing some new finishes and then turning all the carpets into hardwoods and really just kind of bringing a lot more light into the space too. Okay, cool. And you were remote at the time, obviously you were, you're right, you guys didn't move down here until yep. the house was finished? Okay. That's right. Um, how did you go about finding a contractor to, uh, you know, start this? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that's, that's one area that, you know, when I talk to my out-of-state clients and, and friends is that, that finding that relationship and really nurturing that to where it makes the most sense from a fit, from a communication expectation standpoint would have changed our experience for the most part. And we, we got referrals from our real estate agent, from friends down here. Ultimately, we found somebody just through looking around online and finding somebody and getting multiple bids that we went with. And at the time, it was a great fit from a price and scope and availability standpoint. But we really were, you know, flying by the seat of our pants, being remote and just thinking, we just got to find somebody that fits, that has a time-wise and timeline in line with us. And, and then that will all work out for us. Okay. And uh, everything was perfect, right? hundred percent. You closed, uh, <laughs> Everything was done early and they threw in a free uh, bathroom, right? 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, everything done ahead of time. They asked us where they should send back all the extra money that we, uh, <laughs> we overbid on. But no, you know, the, the process was one that really overall went great from just what we got out of the house now is we're really excited about, but we were really, you know, honestly naive in the sense of expecting things to go really well, expecting timelines to be hit. And we ran into a bunch of hurdles with permits not being pulled properly, um, correctly work not being done. And I think with us being remote, we were going in a little bit blind, assuming the best, but then not necessarily preparing for what if this doesn't go well. So we, we hit a lot of bumps in the road as we were getting towards the end and, and needed to close out the project. But um, yeah, my wife and I talk about it now and we say, well, there's a ton that we learned from it and we got what we wanted out of the house. But, you know, over a year to get everything done was certainly a longer process than what we had hoped for. Uh, I imagine so. But it, it is cool to see that you can take this, you know, now in your career and be able to have something uh, a little different. You know, not not every realtor's been through something like this. And, and now your boots on the ground here and you can work with clients that are, you know, remote um, and, and, and help them, you know, what would you say maybe is the biggest one or two takeaways that you learned that you might do differently or, or uh, would people would find interesting um, and helpful? Yeah, I, it's a great question. There's, there's a whole laundry list of things that we do differently. I, I think the, the most important thing is that relationship with your contractor. And I, you know, when we started to reach out and speak to contractors and really vet out who is a good fit for us, it, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit intimidating your first time you hear you should ask about, you know, if they had any lawsuits brought against them, can we talk to referrals and you feel like it's a little bit of an interrogation. And I think having gone through that process, I would say, don't be don't shy away from those types of conversations. Those contractors who have a great reputation, who have great referrals, are eager to share their story, how much they're working on, have they had any challenges, um, have they hit any bumps in the road. You really want them to turn into more of a consultant for you too, to help you through, you know, what types of permits do you need, what is the process going to look like. So I think leaning into that relationship and giving yourself a long enough window to have a great relationship there. And um, I think doing it remotely, expectations as far as how often are they going to be communicating updates? If they don't email you back in three days, does that mean that they're just busy with 20 other projects? Or can you text them at one in the morning freaking out because you didn't get an update that week? So I, I think that relationship is really important to build up on the front end. Um, and then the other part that we learned really late that is you can set yourself up and prepare much more than you think. And I think without having done a renovation before, getting an idea for what are local short-term rental permit requirements, we wanted to do an Airbnb, what is that going to look like? Um, zoning regulations, how long do permits take? All of those things that are basic information you can look up. And if we knew that ahead of time, we could have saved a lot of heartburn and, and headache along the process. But um, again, those are things that a contractor, great real estate agent can help advise you on, but we would have never thought to look into doing it remotely and not knowing Nashville all that well when we first moved down here. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of these older homes, um, you know, in the Woodbine area or all around Nashville are very, uh, they're not open open concept, right? And so to, to take some walls down does seem daunting. But, um, you know, talking on that permit process, maybe you can shed some light on kind of, you know, time frames and, and what that all entails. Yeah, we, it's a little bit different now, of course. It shifts as far as, the types of permits that you need and without getting into the weeds too much we the permits that were pulled were for a much smaller project and um, the work was able to start much quicker than we anticipated which we were excited about but i would say you really want to when you're submitting floor paint plans and scope and things like that you want to give yourself a long enough window of you know i think for us it should have been around six to eight weeks at that time. And we got permits within a week or two, which should have been the first red flag. But um, I think that part, again, you can lean on your contractor to help you through that process, lean on your agent to do so. But um, those types of permits is one part. And then the other side of it, uh, if you want to do an Airbnb, if you want to do a short-term rental, navigate through your local zoning, um, that's a whole other set of expectations to kind of prepare for in a timeline too, which you, know, you, need, you need to get buy-in from your neighbors, you need to go through the whole process. That can take a couple of weeks, could take, I think for us, it took about two months with how busy it was at that time. And we actually had to build an addition to connect our two dwellings because of the way we were zoned that we weren't prepared for going into it. So just knowing those things ahead of time is really important too. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to talk with uh, a realtor that, you know, has been through something like that. If you plan to do something, especially with Airbnb, because it changes so much. Yeah, um, I've heard so many different things um, from, you know, uh, it's by zip code, how many permits they let out. It's, you know, owner occupied is good, but nope, owner occupied is you can't do that anymore. Um, and obviously, like you said, local zoning is different um, kind of in your situation. What was that process like? You had to actually get the buy-in of, of the neighbors to be able to uh, to do it. It's it's really uh, more of a notification. You need to let yeah. each each neighbor know this is what we're going to be using the property for. Um, there's things you need to go through for submitting a floor plan. You need to be able to, you know, show proof of ownership because right now there you can only do owner occupied. Those are the only types of new permits that they're releasing at least in our area here. And um, so that means that you need to be able to have a, a plan that also fits in with not having more than four bedrooms really kind of align with what the city has in mind for Airbnbs or short-term rental permits. And so that process is submitting it with zoning. You know, the fire marshal will come out, they'll come out and do a whole assessment of your property, make sure you've got all of the coding all of the permits submitted and approved and then also make sure you're up to code with your um you know your windows and your fire alarms things like that too so the process for us took much longer because when we started it we realized we were not zoned for the type of permit that we needed and then that set our whole process back month and months as we had to actually re-gut and do our entire guest house again build something to be able to combine the property so um, again, I think knowing those things ahead of time for what does your even process look like, shed some light on, is this home going to be a fit for Airbnb or not? And you can know that going into it. But 
we've had friends, I've had clients where the process has taken a couple of weeks. Like I said, ours was uh, much more tedious when, uh -huh. when it was all said and done. So did, was the original plant, was it a separate detached um, unit? Is that what it was? That's right. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. And then now that it's uh, attached, it's essentially just part of the home as a, as a separate room. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's worked out well because now it's, you know, it's added square footage to our house. It's helped to appreciate the property that way. We like that it still is kind of detached, but in a perfect world, we would have liked for it to be, you know, you have your separate property, separate driveway and, and all of that. That's, that's pretty cool though, just to kind of house hack in that way where you're creating value, not only on the, the home itself, but uh, helping take care of your mortgage each month. Are, are you guys pretty yeah. booked up consistently? Yeah, we, we usually book up about, you know, probably about six weeks in advance or so. We are booked through September, maybe middle of October right now. And um, my wife designed the whole, you might appreciate this, Jared, it's, it's a West Coast themed place where it's, you know, got a lot of natural light, really high vaulted ceilings. So she designed it. She's got that touch for it. But um, we book out a couple of months. And like you said, that was really the vision for it was if we can cash flow that property, that changes our whole mortgage and then what we can do with this space moving forward for sure. Very cool. And you don't have to share specifically numbers, but when you, you bought it and, and with the construction and everything, I'm sure you appreciated, you know, pretty nicely by doing all those repairs yeah. and creating that value. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got in with, you'll, you'll know this being on the lending side, we did a home style loan to be able to combine that construction portion into it. And um, we've panned out pretty well. We, without getting too deep into the numbers, we put down less than 20% on the home. And, and after refinancing and appreciating, we've been able to get well above that and the property is cash flowing great. So I would say it was a very long road to get to where we are now and hard to see it through the murky times, but right now we're, we're excited about it. And um, yeah, it's, it's definitely where we want it to be right now. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, I think it's such a cool story and I'm sure you're working with clients more and more that are moving here that, you know, want um, an expert that can know how to handle the minutia and the kind of the, the small details of doing a renovation and creating that value. Cause that that's huge. That's, that's one way to really um, supercharge your, your appreciation. And um, like you were saying, do a cash out refinance of the new uh, appraised value. And, you know, sometimes you can even get all your money back um, depending on, you know, how, how low you buy it for and how, you know, how much it appreciates for. Um Cool. Well, Jeff, is there anything I, I should have asked you that, uh, that I didn't? No, I, I think we could probably, we could probably chat for several hours and maybe one of these days we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit more, but I think, um, you know, the, our story is going to be a little bit different than everyone else's. The, the thing I would say that I mentioned before is just as much preparation as you can going into it, well, knowing you're never going to know anything until you get into the weeds and making sure you have the right team around you to help you is really to make something like this go as smooth as possible. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And, um, you know, if someone's listened to this and wants to learn a little bit more about your story and, and work with you, sure. potentially on finding, you know, uh, whether it be a, a new build or a, uh, a fun uh, renovation, uh, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? 
Yeah, you can, you know, social media, mainly on Instagram, my, my hashtag or handle rather is nashrealtor.dad. You'll see my little uh, daughter running around on a bunch of videos as well, but um, that's a great way. I'm always on there. Otherwise, my email is just jeff.smith at sightland.com. Either one of those, um, shoot me a note anytime. Awesome. And I love your, your Instagram, um, your branding and the content that you have. Uh, I saw someone was telling me the other day about pre-fall bagel, uh, yeah. company or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. Looks, those guys are the best. Are they? Okay. I, I hear really good things. You know, it's, it, I'm a bit of a, I, I'm not a food, a foodie food snob. Chicago, we miss being there with how great the food is. And when I come down and there's something that, you know, Creve Hall, we absolutely love and was just, would go there all the time. And then, you know, we went to Smith and Lentz and had their pizza there when we first came down here too. And it was like, this reminds me of great pizza back home. So whenever that's the case, it's fun to go and, and check those out. But yeah, I have, I have more bagels than I need. And you probably hear in my my accent from, uh, from Wisconsin <laughs> saying bagels funny. I'll get a bunch of funny comments about that too. But Creef Hall is our spot for bagels for sure. Oh, that's awesome! And for for people who know about Wisconsin, uh, we uh, we should definitely get a, a spotted cow uh, sometime. <laughs> there you go, man. I love it. That's uh, that's how you know if somebody knows about Wisconsin if they know about spotted cow for sure. Uh, and they don't distribute outside Wisconsin, right? Nope. No, nope, got to go up there. I was just up there a couple weeks ago, so I should have brought some down. Next time I'll bring some <laughs> down for us. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, cool, Jeff. Well, thank you so much for your time and uh, really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to uh, reconnecting down the road. Sounds great, Jared. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you're a realtor and would like to be interviewed, you can email Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to stay informed on when the next episode will drop and give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. Thank you.